Welcome to The Deep End, brought to you by DigitalOcean. I'm Mark Laborde. I'm a, I'm a software engineer at DigitalOcean. And today I'm interviewing Megan Kane, who's an iOS developer at SoundCloud. Um, it's a little meta that for this, uh, for this SoundCloud interview, we are actually recording in the SoundCloud office uh, in, their, in their recording studio in Berlin. So, Megan, uh, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit more? Sure. Hey, everyone. I'm Megan. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an iOS developer at SoundCloud. Uh, it's actually very interesting that I'm here with Mark today because Mark and I actually know each other for six years now. Yeah. Um, we met in New York because uh, Mark was living with some of my friends uh, from MIT who moved to New York after we graduated. And Mark and I hit it off as friends um, six years ago, but neither of us at the time were really... Uh, experienced software engineers. Um, Mark was actually just starting off as an engineer, and I actually was working in finance for whatever reason. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, we both got here somehow, and we're both uh, working as software engineers, and we're both in Berlin. Um, uh, so I think it would be interesting just to go through our, our journey here um, for, for some background before we get started with the other material in this podcast. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. I was uh, I was a physics major in at university. You were a computer science major, um, but you were not working in computer science, and I was just starting to work in computer science. Um, I remember going back, uh, walking through walking through Manhattan uh, one day. I think we were going out to the park somewhere near Chelsea, and uh, and we were talking about. Are like encryption and key exchanges, <laughs> and like this was a this was a new conversation for me, and it was exciting for you because you got to like talk about this thing that you had studied but like weren't doing. Mm -hmm. So it was a it was a super interesting and fun kind of conversation to have. Um, and for me, who had very little software experience, was like you know this was a new sort of world for me, understanding and learning a new topic. Um, so kind of funny that uh, that yeah, going totally six years later now, we're both. We're both pretty heavy in in the software industry, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and it's cool. It's just totally comes around circle from from coming from two totally different and weird sort of backgrounds to to, to today. Right. I was actually thinking about that exact conversation um, the other day when I was talking to my mom on the phone, saying that Mark was visiting Berlin because after that conversation, I met up with my parents, and that was such an intense. Uh, conversation to have with a friend like about I think we were talking about yeah encryption um uh, algorithms and like like the Alice and Bob yep, sort of yep. key exchange um but I it was it was something that I really like it struck me that conversation that um well there were a couple a lot of things that came out of it but one of the things that's really like sort of stayed with me today is that um these types of uh topics like encryption um a lot of people are scared to understand them but uh if you have the right teaching uh, for for these concepts, uh, then really anybody can learn them. And like Mark has a physics background, so obviously he's very intelligent. <laughs> but um, he was able to pick up on like the general concept uh, about uh, how like <clears throat> uh, the SSL handshake works uh, <laughs> just over the course of like t uh, fifteen minutes when we were just strolling to a park. So I think I think that's something that's like I don't know that that's something that like sticks with me, and and that's something that's like really sort of stayed with me. My my whole journey is that, uh, like, if you if you want to learn something <clears throat> in computer science or engineering, and you like have the drive and you have the right teaching materials, then then you really can learn whatever you want, and it's, yeah. it's very exciting. It's it's so interesting because the number of people that I've met with unconventional backgrounds in, coming into programming is is very is quite vast, 
uh, I started working at Bloomberg as my first job out of university, and uh, and they have a training program for people who who were not conventional software engineers that lasted four months. So just like a coding boot camp, essentially, but getting paid for it, mm-hmm. which was nice. Um, and the the backgrounds, while most of them were fairly science based, we still had some history majors and some economics majors. Essentially, okay. if you just have the propensity to to understand logic and 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 the the basic core concepts of how thing how like algorithms work, um, then you're going to be fine. And it's just a matter of learning a new subject. And I think I think computer science is one of the most interesting uh, one of the most interesting industries. Because it's so open to to people with diverse backgrounds, and I think that diversity brings a lot to the plate. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's actually it's something that it's a, it's a double sided coin because uh, while people from all different types of backgrounds can enter the industry uh, and and can usually succeed, and some of them end up being like the best engineers I've ever met. Um, it's also something that like prevents people from getting into the industry. I think that a lot of people have a lot of fear around like how will I ever um, get to this point uh, where I can program as well as somebody who's been doing it since they are 12 years old. <laughs> we all know somebody who's yep. been doing this since they were, I don't know, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not even in, in, in middle school yet. They were still like a, a child. Um, but the fact of the matter is that like you, you couldn't have all a, any type of journey here and still be just as productive, just as impactful. Um, I even know some programmers who have been, who have been programming since they were like ten, and and they they some of them actually end up being very difficult people to work with. So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting what people perceive to be the skills that you need to be an engineer versus. I don't know what reality is. Like anybody can really do this as long as they have the will to to learn. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean that's actually sort of uh, brings me to like something that's super uh, recent um, is that I've I've started to uh, s- uh, speak at conferences in the past only the past six months. Uh, I, I've spoken at three conferences, but it's it's one of the things that I've enjoyed the most about my career so far because I'm able to uh, take what I've learned and and like teach it to an audience and have like a captive audience for 30 to 40 minutes um, and try to convey any knowledge I've learned and in, in a very accessible way. Um, I just came back from Switzerland uh, last night, actually. <laughs> I was at this conference called App Builders, which is a iOS and Android development conference, um, bringing people ranging from students at EPFL where in Lausanne, where it was in Switzerland, to people that have uh, been working in the industry for 25 years. Um, some of the speakers are that experienced. So they went to the, the first uh, Apple WWDC that they had even before iOS is around. So I guess the, the point is that um, like there's people from all these backgrounds, but everybody can learn something together. And um, I, w- I, I was giving a talk on machine learning for iOS and getting started with it. And um, I have a math and computer science background, but I wanted to show that like anybody can understand neural nets, anybody can understand training and inference. Like I think a lot of people get very scared about these terms, but um, if anybody just listens for thirty minutes, like you don't even have to understand any math. Like you can you can distill it down to its uh, its fundamentals uh, and like think from first principles and really start to understand how these things connect and how you can apply them to technology. So yeah, it's, it's really it, exciting. It's so interesting. I mean, there's so many there's so many stories in industry right now about how machine learning is 
taking over the world, right? Big data analytics, like all of you know, all of these, all of these buzzwords that kind of make people feel like, oh, it's this mysterious topic that、mm-hmm. that you can't understand.、Um, but I've been, you know, I've been diving into it a little bit over the last few months,、um, and、uh, and it's interesting. I mean, it it is very much statistics based,、mm-hmm. um, but it's not the most ridiculous math. No, it's not. It's, it's fairly straightforward and fairly intuitive if you can actually. Going back to the topic、uh, that you were, that you were saying earlier,、uh, if you have the right teacher, if you have someone who can communicate clearly what this stuff is, it's it's very important. And if you can find that that right teacher, and doesn't necessarily mean it has to be an individual person, but maybe maybe a, a great website or a great a great tutorial or a great video series on YouTube. I mean, especially coming from MIT, you hail from one of the the coolest. Programs is MIT OpenCourseWare,、mm-hmm. uh, which just has such vast amount of of、um, of different c- courses essentially that are just uploaded to online.、Um, I actually tested out of linear algebra in university because I watched Gilbert Strang's wow, lecture series. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, he was, like, yeah, he was my professor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <That's> funny. <laughs> so pretty cool. Pretty cool.、Uh, pretty cool history, especially. I mean, and and obviously Stanford is a, is another big school that does that as well. Right.、Um, it's cool. Yes. But、yeah. um, so I'm curious, like, what was what was the big push coming back? You know, I guess I know this already, but for for the listeners, what was the bigger push that made you kind of change your mind and go back from the finance world? Back to computer science, and、right. then maybe like what brought you to Berlin because you live here now and you've lived here for for how long at this point?、Uh, since the summer. Since the summer, okay. Yeah, summer two thousand sixteen. So、uh, yeah, so、uh, not to like、um, go through too much history, but I guess uh, to, to uh, in a nutshell,、uh, after I graduated from MIT with like math and computer science, I had a bit of programming experience. I, mean, I actually have been programming since I was in high school. Um, but the, my focus in school was very theoretical computer science topics, and I worked on some projects, like one in the media lab, and some different classes. Had a couple of like internships, but I actually, for whatever reason,、uh, it's kind of sad now that I thought that I wasn't a good software engineer, and so I didn't know really, <laughs> I didn't know how I would fit in like a in a full time role. And、um, I knew I wanted to move to New York. Uh, I I loved New York. I grew up right outside the city, and a lot of my friends had moved there. I found the whole city super exciting, and that like there's so much going on. So I, my my first priority was to move to New York and somehow apply my skills. And the timing was wrong for startups there. Like had I had been、uh, two or three years younger, I probably would have found a job at a startup、uh, as a software engineer. But、um, there basically were no startups there in 2012. Like it, it's changed that much since then. So、um, not even、uh, Facebook had an office there too, like a very large <laughs> company. Like they were still just mo- basically, mo- mostly based in, in、uh, Silicon Valley at the time. So I I、uh, I was only 22 and I was a bit impressionable. And、um, a lot of finance companies came on campus to interview, and it was very coveted to have some of these positions at the major finance firms like J.P. Morgan or or whatever. So I I, I signed up for an interview and.、Uh, I, I got a job as a trader at, at J.P. Morgan, and everybody wanted this job, so I figured, oh, I, I should, I should try it out. Like, <laughs> if everybody wants this, and everyone's saying that it's a great、uh, place to apply your like math skills and like that you work with a lot of smart people,、uh, I decided to try it out. It, it was a good salary too. I knew I could live in New York on my own, and that was very exciting to me at the time.、Um, so I, I tried it out. 
I was working in electronic trading um, at JP Morgan and I met some like interesting people. I learned a lot about business and I learned how like the finance world works and so now I can manage my own money if I if I care to. But <laughs> I mean, I, I actually I just felt I, not to like trash the industry, but I just really felt at odds with like how where this is all going. I, I didn't really understand like the point of it. And so, um, yeah, that year was very hard for me because I. I, I saw the startup industry growing in New York, and I, I thought, really, I, that's what I want to be doing. Um, I, I would go to events with, like, a couple of my friends, and I was just trying to find a path back there. Um, so I, I started, like, um, I actually went to, like, a iOS development um, workshop one weekend uh, the summer after I did that job. And I had, done, I had some background in iOS development, and that, like, kind of clicked with me uh, 10 months into the job at J.P. Morgan that okay, I'm doing this iOS development workshop. I can still, I know that I can get the tools back and, and, and get my skills back to um, par to apply this. I really need to need to uh, leave finance. So. I also I also remember distinctly back when you were at JP Morgan, you were telling me, uh, you were telling me how you had started automating a lot of the, the remedial parts of your job, oh, yeah. which is so interesting, right? Because yeah. you were able to apply the skills that you, out of very few number of people who were computer science majors in college, right, uh, were able to actually do. Right. Yeah. And I I, I mean I found a way to like um, find some sort of. Uh, and a fulfillment in the job, like yeah, I remember I I, autom- I I was very surprised at how manual a lot of the processes were at <laughs> JP Morgan. Um, so I would automate just uh, sending the PNL out at the end of the day. Like I helped automate that, like running like a cron job that uh, <laughs> like sends the email at the end of the day. Like um, it, it, so many parts of the job were so tedious, and which was crazy to me because like the group I was in was like managing so many like institutional clients, like a very, very large portfolio. So I was thinking they could actually like fulfill their clients needs a lot better if they just automated (laughs) most of the tedious things and, and then spend most of their time like talking to the clients about what they needed to like move this forward. Mm -hmm. It was just very confusing to me why this was the case. So yeah, I was still able to do a bit of programming here and there and it was, it's the most technical trading job you can have, but, um, yeah, like <laughs> I, I mean, I, I eventually I had to leave after that first year and I took I think it took five months off and uh, I, I uh, actually like I, I, I worked with um, a, a guy who was starting a, a iOS development boot camp and I was like mm. kind of like working with him with the first class and uh, what I was trying to do was I was I was trying to do iOS development in an environment with uh, someone who could uh, tell me what if I was going off track. I think that's important when you start as a programmer. There's so many resources out there and yeah. it's really hard to tell if the quality is high or not and it's really hard to get led down a rabbit hole. So if you have a good mentor or like uh, someone to guide you like back on the path, then you can um, you can kind of avoid a lot of the like heartache of yeah. some early early uh, programmers who get some kind of just uh, get too intimidated by how much there is to learn. There's, yeah, there's just there's so much to learn. Obviously, the, the industry is huge. I mean, whether you're whether you're a front end iOS developer or, or a web developer or back end database developer, there's so many areas. And then once you're in each of those specific areas, there's even more specificity that you can get involved with. Right. So it's it's it is it can be overwhelming, I think, to to someone who doesn't have, you know, clear direction. Mm hmm. But if you have someone that's guiding you or if you ha- just manage to find you know, good tutorials or 
or or you're able to limit your own scope of how much you're trying to do and accomplish, then you can actually like start attaining the skills to do small little things and you just build off of those small little things. Yes. I mean, I don't think either of us are here where we are today having started off just clicking. No. And it took forever to I mean, to there's really still so much I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'll never know everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's something also that... Um, it's really important to try to keep in mind when you're starting out. Um, I, at the time, I was actually dating a guy who was uh, an infrastructure engineer, and he had like eight years more of experience than me. And so, <laughs> and he was very helpful. But um, he actually did say to me like one time. I remember he said like I wanted to spend all of my weekends learning um, everything I could learn, like iOS development in detail and how to architect the iOS apps and how to test everything, how to, and then he was working on infrastructure stuff. So I, I tried to learn everything about Docker, everything <laughs> about containers. And it was just, he just said, like, learn at your own pace. It's, there's no rush. Like nobody is going to expect someone who is in their first job, um, as a junior to like, know, like to just like build Rome in one day. Like, yeah. and like, <laughs> it was actually very hard for me to accept that. Um, but I like I see now the value in that, and I tried to I tried to believe it, and so I think it's good because like imposter syndrome is very a huge risk, <laughs> um, and so and it's okay to say you don't know something. Oh, like, yeah. it's really okay. I every day I say I don't know how this works. Like you can't. It's impossible to for, keep for everything me, in working memory. For me, the the, uh, the most respect I have for people are people who are willing and able to admit when they just don't know something. Yeah, definitely, it saves everybody time yeah. too. Like, rather than, like, I mean, I, I have, like, tried to, I definitely have, like, been guilty of saying, like, I, I know something when, like, I really probably don't. I've just only, <laughs> like, heard it and, like, want to think I know it. But um, I, like, have, I've really, like, tried to be strict with myself to never, ever do that again. Because it's a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. Like, instead of just trying to futz through something, you can just say, I don't know this. Um, like, let's just look this up together. <laughs> or, like, let's find someone who does know this. Yeah. So... So then, so you were you were working in a, the startup scene in New York. Mm -hmm. You kind of were going into this iOS world, this mm -hmm. new world. Uh, you were then in New York for another couple years, roughly. Yeah, before years. coming before coming to Berlin. Mm -hmm. um, but this wasn't, you know, your move to Berlin. That wasn't the beginning of your Berlin story, mm -hmm. right? So. Why Berlin? Or take us back to, to <laughs> Sure. That. Yeah, I'll try to... There's so much in this topic, but I'll try to go back to the beginning. Um, I mean, I'd been to Berlin the first time uh, in summer of 2012, right after I graduated from MIT. I went on a five-week vacation with my brother and sister. Oh, cool. And we, we started the trip in Berlin and ended in Berlin only because I heard that uh, Berlin was a great city and it was also a cheap flight from New York mm -hmm. at the time. Um, and I, when I came here, I was thinking this place is so there's so much going on here. It's very it's not the most beautiful city, but every time you like look for things, you find more and more. And I just like it was infectious. And so um, I actually wrote to my friend that trip saying uh, my best friend saying I have to move here one day. Like and even <laughs> though I was only here for a total of like 10 days, I just knew there was something special about it. So that was summer 2012. And then the right when I was leaving finance, I came here for my first vacation that whole year that I'd taken because finance, they work you to death. I took two weeks and I came here with a different with a friend who went to high school in Germany and uh, he's a designer and he was coming here to try to maybe look for a job here and and just just have some vacation. And uh, I came here with him. I met a lot of his friends. I started to meet more and more people. I went to Startup Safari, this uh, event uh, in Berlin, which helps connect people in startups and people looking for jobs. 
And I actually, I met this guy, Johannes, who actually ends up working right b- behind the factory right now. On, he has a startup <laughs> called GraphCool. And he's been a, one of my best friends since that trip uh, four years ago. And then that's when I knew in fall 2013 that I, I every time I was coming back to Berlin, like they, I just and I loved it more and more. The startup scene is great. There's so much music here. Music is really important to me. Um, some of the best venues in the world are here. Like, um, I, 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 I mean, that was the first time I went to Bergheim. Like, <laughs> people hype up Bergheim, but it really is really special. It has like the best sound system in the world, and people are really there for the music. And um, and music is very important to me in my life, and it has like kind of uh, been a, it's always been like a source of inspiration. So yeah, like um, I guess quite apropos that you work at SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually remember telling my friend Antonio, who I was here with, a designer. I remember uh, he kind of saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself at the time. He was like, "What are you doing in finance? Like, <laughs> you need to leave and like just like like just you have to make the jump." And so he helped he helped with that. But he I remember telling him. Because um, we were around the factory uh, in that the fall of 2013, like um, it was actually being built at the time, and he said, "You know, like uh, SoundCloud is in Berlin. Uh, you really should like just send an application there." And I was just thinking, I, I that would be my dream job. Like I don't, I just, I just don't <laughs> see it though. Like how I could ever uh, be thought of as valued there, and like really sort of and be a productive engineer there. Um, and then. But, you know, like, I mean, now a couple of years later, I am working at SoundCloud in Berlin. So, yeah, I didn't go straight there. It's not like it was this, like, miracle story. Right. I, yeah, I had to leave finance. I, I got a first job as a junior at The Knot, um, the uh, company that uh, you use. Uh, they make an app and a website to plan your wedding. And yep. it was a great place to work. I learned a ton. And I really I really love that place. I, I have no, like, I only left there because I, cause I, I got a job at SoundCloud a year after <clears throat> working at The Knot. <clears throat> Um, so when I, yeah, so actually, I guess maybe I'll finish the story with, with all of that. I, uh, I worked at The Knot for, um, a year. I learned so much. That was like a renaissance, like, uh, going from being a junior developer to like a self-sustainable developer that year. I had a really great mentor, um, Sky Daniel, and he, uh, he was a senior iOS developer and I paired with him and he was just very humble and like very welcoming. He made a very welcoming learning environment, which was very important and after that year, I, I got a um, message from a recruiter at SoundCloud asking me to if I was interested in applying. They were starting the New York office there. They wanted uh, one iOS developer in the New York office to help with uh, monetization-related features. So I figured, like, I, I was shocked when I got this email. It was the most <laughs> exciting day. <laughs> I barely even checked LinkedIn messages. This is actually kind of funny that I checked it. So I, I, I uh, got back to the recruiter, and then I started the process, and the winter of 2015. Uh, and so then I, I interviewed in February 2015 for SoundCloud. They extended me an offer. And then I, uh, yeah, uh, I started in uh, in March of 2015. I flew to Berlin because they actually had me do orientation here for six weeks. And then and then, and then I went, went back to the New York office and, and worked there for a year and a half. Cool. And working at SoundCloud has just like really like been a rocket ship like it's um it's a great company to work for the company has been through a lot of uh good times a lot of tough times while i've been here um like with uh trying to commercialize the product and like find a way to make money and i i was at one point one of only six ios developers um helping maintain an app that has like tens of millions of users (laughs) yeah i mean the the company has like uh, over like 100 million users 
Uh, so this was uh, is such a great opportunity, and um, everybody has been so helpful. I've learned as an engineer so much because there are such great engineers at SoundCloud, like in the whole stack, um, <clears throat> like mobile developers, um, backend engineers, machine learning experts, um, like you name it, great designers. Like everybody here uh, is like top-notch quality, and like it's a very special place to work. Cool. And then when there was an opening yeah. in the Berlin <laughs> office... Um, I came here once a quarter with SoundCloud um, since I was the only iOS developer based in New York. I was coming here once a quarter, and every time I came back, I was just thinking, I, when there's an open role in Berlin and it makes sense for the team in New York to like allow me to leave and I can train a replacement, I'm going to move. So I, I made the jump um, in summer of 2016. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so so curious, uh, what, makes, what makes Megan Kane tick? <laughs> what is your? Do you have any special hobbies, special things that you that you enjoy doing? Sure. So outside of work, outside of programming, <laughs> or is this yeah. just your whole life? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I do program in my free time, and I love it. Um, but I do need a break from it because uh, it's important to like experience other things. So, um, I used to be a runner. I was a runner for like uh, ten years, even from when I was like twelve to like twenty two, and then I had a foot in injury, and I uh, kind of needed to find a new hobby, so I took up biking. Um, I was biking in New York, uh, and I, I, I loved it, like, from, from, from day one of, like, getting really into it, and uh, that's really taken off, so I, I was, I started biking in New York every day, just with a, a single speed fixed gear bike, and, um, and then it evolved into, in the past couple of years, I, now I have four bicycles, and I build <laughs> bicycles, too, um, so, like, I got I got more serious about biking two years ago, and um, I actually started getting involved in like uh, fixed gear uh, racing <laughs> and track uh, biking. And I eventually I got a license to race on the velodrome in New York, and uh, that was just last year that I did that. And I I started like really getting involved in the community in New York and like lots of different ways. So the women's cycling um, community, which is very small but is like growing very rapidly, I got involved with transportation alternatives, which helps. Um, which helps uh, make sure that cycling in New York is safe because it's not the best place <laughs> uh, to cycle. Um, and they, they do a lot of activism with um, getting bike lanes uh, uh, like made in, in streets where it's dangerous for cyclists and pedestrians. So, uh, yeah, I got very involved in that. Um, I started uh, learning how to build bikes uh, and uh, I, I actually do that now. And I'm, I'm starting to, uh, I, I hope a lot of people at SoundCloud with like, um, how do they how do they maintain their bike? And I'm starting to teach bike maintenance workshops at SoundCloud <laughs> as like a master class because you do hobby classes. So oh, cool. this is really like my like, and I I bring my bike everywhere. People think it's crazy, but I have a bike bag, and I I'll, I like I, I just came back from Switzerland. I brought my road bike to Switzerland so I could bike around a bit <laughs> of Lake Geneva, and like I think it's like it's great because. I'm traveling the world a lot, like speaking at conferences and biking is like my way of seeing the city and like kind of seeing how, I don't know how other people interact, like just being able, being able to see a city on bike is, is really special. You can kind of learn it a lot quickly, more quickly than other ways. So yeah, I, I, I kind of like found a way to weave my hobby with <laughs> my work and um, I'm working on an app right now on the side that helps um, people, uh, it helps people figure out what kind of bike to buy when they're a first-time bike user. Because um, usually you don't know what you're looking for. You kind of just know it when you see it. So, yeah, yeah I'm looking I, to release that in, in the summer. Uh, so it, it gives you recommendations on, on what you're looking for by, like, 
uh, giving it uses machine learning to um, give you recommendations on what to buy, and then you can purchase it within the app. So nice. Yes, yeah, awesome. stay tuned for that <laughs> bike <Yeah>. workshop app. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember buying my first bike ever. Well my personal bike as an adult because uh, I used to ride in New York to work actually every day um, so that was a nice four mile or eight mile round trip round trip ride per day which was which was pretty cool mm-hmm. uh, but like you said yeah definitely dangerous so mm-hmm. uh, the uh, I had a couple accidents minor accidents uh, but totally totally European very European thing biking of course right yeah. I mean a lot of people unless you know if you haven't traveled outside of the states it's it's pretty miraculous how how many people uh, actually use it as their primary mode of transportation. Yeah, of course. It's cool. It's very common. I don't know the percentage off the top of my head, but I would say that over over half of SoundClouders in the Berlin office, when the weather is is fine, they will bike to work. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it was it's not something that I could really conceive of, like even like six or seven years ago, like that this is, uh, this is a lifestyle. So yeah, it's important to me that um, people, uh, I don't know, p- people feel safe biking around and the more people you get on the road, um, like the safer it can be because people become more aware of how to drive around cyclists and that they that they're actually there. They're not just like a nuisance. Yeah, it's like a totally different mentality in in New York, for instance, uh, than it is in Berlin. Uh, people learn from a young age here to drive around cyclists and. And there are bike lanes everywhere. So, so yeah, you said before that music is a is an inspiration to you. Um, is there anything like, you know, working at SoundCloud, making the transition from from New York to Berlin? Is there something like that? That I don't know. That there's a, there's a song or something, or genre or something that like that really makes you makes you tick or that you that you really enjoy. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Um, sound, uh, music is definitely an inspiration to me, and I, th- I find that in my like periods of uh, that are most filled with happiness, I'll usually have some really excellent playlists um, <laughs> in my in my uh, SoundCloud collection at the time. And so, uh, like right now, I feel like I'm very I'm, I'm doing a lot of things I like. I'm, I'm very happy lately for uh, for the most part. And um, I mo- on my uh, in my collection these days, uh, I've been listening to a lot of. Uh, music and mixes that uh, contains a lot of uh, songs that I listened to even when I was a lot younger. So a lot of like um, 90s hip hop and like um, just music that was very popular in like the 80s and 90s. Even like Michael Jackson, Off the Wall is like a, a song that I've loved uh, for a very long time. And I, I kind of I rediscovered it recently and I think it really resonates with me. It's basically just the song as they're telling you um uh, just like live your life how you, how you want to. Don't really be concerned with um, how other people stick to a very like nine to five schedule. Um, there's other ways of doing it uh, and still being um, like impactful or productive citizen. So yeah. um, I think sometimes when I if I find myself in a situation where I feel as though I'm doing things a little bit differently than others and maybe it feels a little strange, like I'll go back to oh yeah, there's people who even wrote songs about this who are like the most world-class musicians you can find. Like other people have this kind of like anthem. Like, um, And I think that that's, it's, it's something that is, can be very helpful. So that's a song I really like. I also have been listening to a lot of like Tribe Called Quest, um, old <laughs> mixes um, and uh, some disco music as well. I love disco. <laughs> like, um, I saw just saw this... Uh, I just saw this DJ Gerd Janssen at um, Panorama Bar, I think it was two or three weeks ago, and he like mixes a lot of like disco and uh, 
and the, uh, and he misses disco and house and uh, followed by him was Black Madonna who plays a lot of Chicago house and so I love these DJs and uh, it's just like pure happiness when you listen to these uh, <laughs> <laughs> these creators so yeah I think I think it all kind of like comes together like uh, living in Berlin listening to the DJs who come here regularly to play at the best clubs in the world and um, and then being able to create a product where uh, these uh, DJs and and creators uh, in general are, are posting and their music and reaching their users there. It's just it all like coming together. I feel very <laughs> lucky that I like somehow made it into this position. <laughs> like I just try to connect the dots. Yeah, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's about the time that we have. So uh, thank you, Megan, for for coming with us. Yeah, thank you um, for having and me. And stay tuned for another episode of the Deep End, brought to you by DigitalOcean. Mm-hmm.